the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together pretty much every weekend, we've decided to experiment with being sober together. We really haven't got time to tell you all about that now, but if you go right back to the beginning of our podcast series, you'll find out all about it there. This season, we're super excited to be working with Wise Bartender and can't wait to sample and, of course, tell you about their 450 plus alcohol-free drinks. So whether you're after some alcohol-free beers, ciders, wines, cocktails or spirits, then check them out. We absolutely love that they're a growing family business. They've got a fantastic ethos around making sure quality alcohol-free drinks are accessible for absolutely everyone. As well as having alcohol-free equivalents, they also have an amazing range of kombuchas and sodas, along with a number of curated packs. Shop the range at wisebartender.co.uk and get 5% off with our code BESOBER5. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Alex. How are I'm, you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? And how is everybody else? Yeah, how are you all who are listening to us? And what's little, going on in your year? <laughs> I had a little vision then. Because I always listen to podcasts when I'm walking down the canal, I thought if somebody said that to me on a podcast, how are you? I'd be like, oh, I'm all right. Thank you for asking. So genuinely feel free to answer that wherever you are. <laughs> Yeah, except for if you're in like a quiet place where you're not allowed to speak because then you'll just look weird. Like a library. Yeah, have I thought of a library as well? You know what I saw walking down the canal? Um, Like, it was ages (laughs) ago, but it's just popped into my head now. Librarian. No, (laughs) a guy walking down the canal dancing and singing to his earpods, right? And I actually thought, that is meant like why when do we stop caring what other people think like if you ever had a song on your earpods and actually you want to sing it out loud oh i do it or walking or do you yeah in fact last thursday when i was what we thought the last thursday by the time this comes out but a a thursday while ago seriously i was walking down from my pt session and i had a song on and no it wasn't celine dion and you will understand the (laughs) reference if you've been listening but i had a song on and I was belting it out at the top of my voice at half past seven in the morning walking down there were people walking dogs and everything they probably thought it was a right weirdo I sing in the car like really really go off yeah I do in the car but I do everywhere I'm not bothered about stuff like, Neil I Gaiman, sing in Tesco <laughs> again you will know what she's on about if you've listened to the others but yeah I am um, <laughs> oh with Frank Sinatra <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah That's no excellent. I sing yeah I sing everywhere I actually sing in Tesco yeah, but- this is it, right? If I could sing like you, I would sing everywhere. It's like, you know, when people say, if I look like that, I'd walk around naked. It's the same kind of thing. Who says that? Well, people don't. Does it not? Know. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Not walk around naked. Maybe they think, if I look like that, I'd walk around naked. Yeah, or they say, oh, if I look like that, I'd wear this or I'd do... Do you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. if I could sing, basically, I would sing everywhere. 
brave and do it. I want you to go out on the canal bank tomorrow with your AirPods in and just sing a song and just I've, look round at how everyone does No, there's no way, honestly. I can't even pretend that I'm going to do that. Like, that time when I saw that guy, <laughs> I did, when I've walked down the canal on my own, I've, like, looked around and thought, oh, I could sing, like, a little bit now. And I've done it as a really brave thing. I thought you said I could sing like a little bitch now. And I thought, why do we keep using that word? Not said that. Do you remember the guy in the um, bus station who yes. used to sing and dance? Yeah, I do. He would, um, would come out of the cinemas and he'd be just singing and dancing. Around. Like, how happy was he? It was really... But you know what? People used to go along and like... I guess as kids, it was a little bit of Mickey taking. It would have been for some people, but the vast majority of people actually just love it. It gave them joy watching him. Everybody our age remembers that guy in our Everyone. area. Yeah, because he brought them so much joy. Oh, I wonder where he is now. He's probably dancing in Rochelle bus station he's still. He's probably dead. <laughs> but what's wrong with us? No, I reckon he's probably still singing and dancing somewhere. I reckon he is. Oh, I hope so. Isn't it good that you can, if you want, still sing and dance sober? Yeah. Yeah. Dancing in the kitchen's well good, so. I love that. You know what? I remember clearly doing that, and I remember you ringing me, telling me that you'd done it as well at separate times. But I remember, you know, like just getting up in the morning, making myself a coffee, putting the music on, and actually dancing and singing around my kitchen and having real joy. You know, in fact, at the beginning of the pandemic, me, me and Olivia used to do this all the time. We had like um, like FaceTimes with my mum and we'd just ring her and do a dance for her, right? And then say bye and put the phone. <laughs> like when you were kids? Yeah. Oh. I would have done that if I weren't sober. Well, I might have done, but it had been Wait. two in the morning and she'd have been fuming. <laughs> like we used to message each other, guess, oh, I love you, I love you. Do you know what though? Loud music and singing and dancing is the only thing that triggers a craving in me. The only I thing. Get that. And the I still get it. Out, I felt like that. You know, like getting ready to go out for the yeah. first time. You feel like that's why I like alcohol-free drinks, though. I do, and that, and and actually, I've done that. I've actually been dancing and held my bottle like I would on a dance floor. Yeah. Or dancing. even getting ready, having one while she's getting ready to go out. It just kind of texts. I know they can be triggering for some people, um, but yeah, it kind of takes the edge off, doesn't but it? So that that's it. Sober socialising, you can still do the same thing. You can still go out dancing Like when we did that power ballad night And it was a group of sober people All holding their alcohol free drinks yeah. Amazing So I was speaking about sober events Do you want yeah. to tell us about our guest? Our raver, Phil He, um, he is a raver <laughs> He actually is He went to the dry wave to represent Be Sober Which we was really chuffed about But yeah, so basically we've got one of our Amazing, incredible members Stroke ambassadors for Be Sober Co Coach and oh yeah, and a coach as well, which is you know his life has massively, massively changed, and that's what we kind of want to talk about today. So he openly says after five years of trying and so many day ones, he is now officially sober, and he's transformed his life in more ways than he could have ever imagined. And um, so yeah, we're going to be talking to him today. Hello, Phil. Hi. How you doing? 
That was quick, wasn't it, Phil? Did you expect us to actually speak to you that quickly? <laughs> I thought about it. Sometimes a pair of salvage to into, but no, it's all right. We're all still good. <laughs> We've just been talking about your um, raving days. Well, not really. We didn't go into detail about them, but you used to enjoy a good dance, didn't you, and a good rave? Yeah, I mean, in my twenties, yeah, that was that was definitely part of my life. Probably a big part of my life. Yeah, I was um, sort of back in the days of cream. Um, yeah, I was there most Saturdays. It was uh, yeah, pretty tough thinking about now. It's like up till four in the morning most Saturdays, Sunday mornings, and yeah, back in work Monday, sort of getting over it. But yeah, how much life. your life has changed since we actually met you in Heaton Park, having a, a sober coffee and a picnic? Hey? <laughs> Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> just a little bit. I'm going to throw you here a bit, Phil, actually. But speaking right. of raves, how did you find the sober rave that you went to? Oh, he's frozen. It was the first time I've ever been anywhere. Not not had any alcohol, drugs, or like that kind of thing. And, you know, it was like, would I enjoy it as much? But it was it was amazing. Like, actually just really enjoying the music and not thinking about where the next drinks could be from and that kind of thing. Just really, like, sort of, you know, because I wasn't sure if whether I dance or anything or whether I'd still feel the music, but I think it felt it more in a way. Um, Do you because, think it yeah. made a difference because everybody was sober there? So you kind of knew everybody was in the same ball? Yeah. Do you know what? I think it did as well. And I think it felt it felt safer in a way, if you know what I mean, because yeah. you know, sometimes you go out in these late night clubs and it sometimes feels a bit edgy and, you know, you get a lot of people that are drunk and fights, stuff like that. There was, there was nothing like that. It just felt, it felt really friendly. Um, yeah, it was a really like, nice atmosphere. It was, yeah, it was good. Like, everyone seemed really friendly, like, you know, there's, there's no like kind of edginess. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so we'll do it again. Oh, well, you might be doing now. That's it. We'll be getting you back on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jen, I'm coming to the next one, Phil. We'll go. On I was going to say, yes. Yeah. I, I was gutted. I was away that week. I'd gone to the one before, and then I was away that weekend. But I remember me and Alice were just talking about going to like the power ballads now, and for me that was all right, and the music was all right. But I was still so uncomfortable dancing, and I never knew this because I missed the rave scene because I was a mum at that time. So I, when all my friends were raving I was like changing nappies so when I went to the first dry wave event I flipping loved it like the music and that just being able I really really enjoyed it more than I thought I would yeah, so yeah. definitely yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing next one yeah let's do it as well um check out dry wave because they're, they're doing some amazing things as well but anyway you phil let's get back to you so <laughs> what we want to talk about here because this is massively massively re- relatable and you said after five years of trying and so many day ones so let's talk about day ones because you're not alone in this and what was different this time do you think yeah um yeah, I've, I've certainly had fair, you know, fair few day ones, you could say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's quite funny. Like, I think back to, it was 2016 when I thought, you know, I'm, I need to make a change in my life here. I'd read the book by Annie Grace's This Naked Mind. And, you know, up, up until then, I generally thought alcohol was was all right, part of, you know, part of a healthy lifestyle. It was okay. And you start reading all this stuff about carcinogen. I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> sort of that. I was there, that was it, right, it's day one. I'm not drinking again, you know. I told my my father-in-law and I told my wife at the time, um, and um, you know that was it. It's day one. I was there, really proud, you know. But no, you know, you you do it and you go into it. But you know, you you think that's the end the first time, but it obviously wasn't. And I've had so many since then. And you know, I've tried, I've tried everything. I've read all the books of 
you know, I've been in so many groups. Um, and, you know, every time you go into it, you you genuinely mean it, you know. And um, But it's, it's so hard. And I think, you know, I think for me as well, it's it, become, it became a bit soul-destroying, you know, because I constantly hated the stuff, but subconsciously there was still a belief there. And, and I think that was the thing I didn't know, you know. Um, and, you know, even as much as I was, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking, it's just your brain feels like it's against you and you end up going back to it. And, um, yeah, and also you see so many people, and, I've, you know, I've been in a lot of groups and it's amazing to see. They come in and it's first, second attempt and they quit. And I'm like, what's wrong with me, you know? Oh, um, yeah. And you do, I think you start to think, like, what's what's wrong with me? And, and you start thinking that I'm never going to do this. Um, and it does, I think you lose your confidence. Um and it's it's hard, like at times, it's really tough. I remember, you know, you're going back to the grill on day one again and you just feel defeated and deflated. And um but yeah, and then they say I found be sober. Um I remember going into the first lounge and I think it's it on the other lounge at least on the Thursday, and the first time really ever, there's people that understood me and they were talking about the things that I'm experiencing. And um, you know, I think that they say, don't they, like the opposite what is it, the opposite of um is addiction's connection and um I think for me, it really was, you know, that was a real big thing. And obviously, you know, finding the coaching, obviously with yourself, Alex, that was like, that was life-changing. Um, and, you know, I'm just looking at those beliefs. And for me, that was it, I think. That was the thing that kept dragging me back. You know, as much as I hated the stuff, subconsciously there was a belief that it, it was good for me. And, you know, my subconscious wanted it. And that was the problem. It was changing those beliefs. And that's what set me free. You oh. did know, though, I think, on this time... Th- I felt a difference. Lisa felt a difference. You really? felt a difference. Yeah. You know, like, I remember you saying, I don't know whether it was in coaching or whether it was publicly in one of our groups, but I remember you saying something's clicked. Yeah, it did feel different. Um, and I think it maybe was changing his beliefs. I've started to really believe it. Whereas before I was telling myself, I'm not going to drink, I don't need to, but there's a little voice going to, you do, you want to drink, and you know, I'm like, yeah. I've got holidays coming up and I was going, no, I'm not going to drink, not going to drink. And I've done it so many previous years and I was really clear, you know, and I got through the first day, I've done this and the next day I drank. Um, because, you know, even when I said to myself, I'm not going to drink, there's a little voice saying, you know, you're going to miss out, you're going to miss out. But yeah. that start. I think when you start to adjust these beliefs, that starts to go. And I think that, I think that's the real powerful thing. Well, it's changing those subconscious beliefs because that's ultimately, I think that, well, for me, certainly, that's what drags me back every time. Can I just ask you, did it, you know, for people that are listening that are having these kind of repeated day ones, does it get harder and harder each time, do you think? Definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, do you know what, I think the early years when um, I was trying it and then I was just, it felt like, you know, I'd, I'd read another book and I'd try again and have that kind of, but once you've read so many books and you start thinking, you know, what what's left to do? Um, yeah it starts to come a bit like you say it comes all destroyed a little bit and you start thinking am I ever going to get there um, and for me as well um, I, I, anxiety was a big part of the thing for me and for me I don't know what what changed but every time I was, certainly the, maybe the last year every time I went back to it the anxiety was worse and those like days three, four, five were pretty tough you know um, and going back to I, I remember the time I was working away I think it was well it, it would have been my, my last attempt last time last day one I, I remember I came on the, again it was a Thursday call I just thought horrific you know anxiety it was just through the reef and it's like oh. but that call was amazing you know being able to chat you probably feeling great but yeah I mean yeah it, it definitely got progressively worse 
We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you more about our friends at Wise Bartender. So Wise Bartender has the biggest selection of alcohol-free drinks in the whole wide world. And this week, we got to try the Calenor Light and Zesty. So we paired this with the 12 Below Classic Premium Tonic, which which you can also get on uh, Wise Bartender. I really like this. I think I like the process of getting the ice and the lemon and putting it in a pretty little glass. I enjoyed it. It was nice. It was nowhere near as harsh as I expected it to be and it had really subtle flavours. So, yeah, it's not something I'd personally choose to drink, but that's because I'm one of those people who's never bothered with preparing the drink. But if I was out and I was given that at a bar, I would absolutely love it. Or if I came to your house, of course. If you're inviting me over, I'll have it. So you can buy these and more at wisebartender.co.uk. Use code BSOBER5 for your cheeky 5% discount. You have done the work, though. And I I know we say work. It's not work, work. But you have put in the work to, like you say, you've you've combated these limiting beliefs. You've worked on your anxiety. You've worked on, you know, knowing that you've got this conscious part of you that absolutely knows all the quick, understands it all, and then this subconscious part drawing you back all the time with that complete dissonance. You've done the work. And that's what it boils down to, doesn't it? That self-development, that willingness to not give up. Yeah. And again, I think it, turning yeah. up, sorry, Phil, but it's turning up to groups when you don't feel like it, when yeah. you feel crap about yourself, when you're feeling anxious, when you're mad and frustrated, it can be so hard to actually take that step to, well, we don't step into a group at yeah. the moment, do we? We've like, been doing it through Zoom, but to actually <laughs> log in and say, you know what, I'm really, really struggling here, or I feel crap about myself, has made, it does make a difference, that connection, I think. Things. It's absolutely massive, um, and I think having a group where you feel safe, and I think like with members group because it's not you know it's you know, we're a good sized group, but we're not thousands of thousands. You kind of you feel that you know everyone, and you know a lot yeah. of people are your friends. Yeah. You feel safe. Everyone's yeah, feel... rooting for you, aren't they? You know, like when yeah. you do it a day one, uh, there's no like, oh, look at that person back on day one. It's all like, come on, you can do. It. Everyone's behind you. I really felt it with you on that last attempt. Yeah, Every, yeah. everybody was behind yeah. you. And you know, it makes such a difference. Like when you see all those posts and you're feeling low, and you, you know, people are listening as well, and it, it gives. You, it's so helpful, like because at the time when you're feeling low, you, you need that. And, you, and I think without support, I, I don't know how how, how I do it. I think it's impossible, really. Oh, you've done amazing. You know what? If we if we look at sober men generally now, so obviously we, we do between us and you run the men's group as well, so you see this, but a lot of men hit that um, classic rock bottom in recovery or they say, I'm an alcoholic and so on. Do you think the stigma around alcoholism is partly what holds people back from getting help? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think my journey was actually quite, was a bit different than, than a lot of men. Um, so I, I never got to that rock bottom. It was for me. It was you know at the time I, I had a good job. Um, you know my life and the outside looked really good, but I didn't feel great. You know, and I was quite. You know, I've kind of followed uh, nutrition for quite a long time, and you know, I was quite aware of <clears throat> how I felt and some issues I had. And you know, I'd start thinking uh, there's got to be a better way. And for me, I started doing the research at that point. Um, but I don't like the word alcoholic because it's like you know I think I said before about the virus. It's like it's a really say it's, it, there's that real stigma around it and um, it's that real customers that, you know, if you, if you stop drinking, you've got a problem, you know, and you're different than this normal drinker. And it's like, 
what's a normal drinker? Because really, how could it be normal drinking what's a poison, really, isn't it? So, um, you know, it's just great. And it creates a divide, doesn't it? And I think that's what holds people back all the time because I've had it myself and people said to me, well, why are you stopping? There's nothing wrong with you. You're just a normal drinker. Um, and it's that normalisation of it that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think I think it does create a problem because, you know, like, I'd hate judging people, but, you know, thinking about my drinking days, I used to go to, a, you know, I go to a local pub and you see the guys that are there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, in the week and stuff, and you, know, you think, oh, they're the alcoholics outside of thing. And it's, it's yeah. wrong because we're all on the same path. We're yeah. just at different stages. Um, and I think this whole alcoholic thing, uh, I think for me, that's why, you know, I tried, I looked at the things and I looked at AA and, you know, I'm, I'm not going because people do it and it works. I mean, that's amazing. But for me, that whole identify as an alcoholic with a disease, it just didn't, didn't sit right with me. You know what somebody I coached said, and it really hit home with me, and it was yesterday, but obviously this is going to go out months away, but I still, I know this saying's going to stay with me. And this, this client said, I didn't hit rock bottom, but I could definitely see it from where I was standing. Oh. And it really, wow. it really hit me. I thought, yeah, I, I would have gone to a rock bottom if I'd have carried on. I really felt it. And you don't have to hit rock bottom. I think it's so important. Yeah, and I say this quite a lot. I know a lot of my posts, I try to get this out on, 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 on like Facebook and Instagram. And it's like, no matter where you are, if you stop drinking, you will see an improvement because you can't not, because mm-hmm. you know alcohol is a poison and it will in some shape or form affect your life. And you might not see it, but it will. It's, it's going to be negatively affecting. It has to, you know. So no matter where you are, it's always the best side to stop is well yesterday in the best second best today isn't it um yeah. yeah definitely um what an amazing quote that is alex i know isn't it I'll, yeah. I'll tell you after who the member was but honestly and mate it really hit a chord yeah. with me and i thought yeah i, I want to use that, that. I, I remember in the first, um, like particularly the first year, I suppose, of stopping drinking, the amount of times I kind of sat back and was so grateful because everything, all the shit was hitting the fan, kind of looking, thinking, if I drank now, I would literally be a mess. I would be a mess if I'd used alcohol to cope with what was was going on. So I could definitely see it from where I was standing from. That's such, that's so, oh, isn't it? I absolutely love it. And, yeah. I, and I know the member won't mind me sharing with you who yeah. it is. So I'll, I'll tell you later. But oh, yeah. that's going on Instagram, that quote. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> We're nicking your quote, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what, Phil? I do really want to talk about this because your Instagram and Facebook is actually This Sober Miracle which I love the name anybody that knows me knows that I love stuff like this and I still think sobriety is a miracle and um, amazing but yeah you talk about it changing your life more than you ever could have imagined will you tell us a bit about this like what's changed yeah I mean well yeah it's certainly a lot different life now than uh, eight months ago isn't it but uh, yeah I mean Obviously, like when I first stopped. <coughs> Sorry, <that> was... <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, yeah. Become I mean, a, it's just... become a home for a frog. That's one thing. I that's know. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't normally happen, does it? What's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I've had all the normal changes I expected. You know, I thought my health would improve, and it has. You know, I a lot of the issues like heartburn and that kind of thing, and that's all gone. You know, um, which is amazing. You know, last. Last year, we used to pop those gamascon with smiles, you know, it's yeah. really bad for you. Um, you know, my, my, my skin improved and obviously I lost, I lost weight easily and stuff like that. And, um, but you know, like things like, um, 
I applied for a 10K race and I had the Chester Zoo 10K. And in the past, I've, I've entered so many things, 5K stuff, and it just never happened because the training never happened. Um, but this time, you know, it, it gives you this different mindset. You know, I had the motivation to train for it. And I did train for it, I trained hard for it. And, you know, I smashed my, my sort of, the, the, the time I aimed for, I smashed that time and it felt great and I really enjoyed it. Um, there's, you know, there's so many things, but do you know what? I think the biggest thing is just like day-to-day life. Um, and it might sound a bit weird, but for me, like drinking just steals the magic from day-to-day life. Yeah. And, and you don't really, I, I think you grow up and you don't, you just think it's just life, you know, things become less exciting, but actually it isn't, you know, it really does, like alcohol steals the magic from life. I look at the neuroscience of it and how it affects the uh, dopamine receptors. It does, you know, you, you, normal things don't become as fun anymore, you know. Um, I'd have really noticed that change. Like you think back to when you were a kid, um, like normal, like normal things, like seeing a friend, going to shops, going for a swim or something. Really exciting and fun, isn't it? You get older, those things become. I know, especially for me, become a bit, just a bit boring. And like the only things that came like fun for me was going out and drinking or events around drinking. My whole life became events, series of events that you know ultimately were about drinking. Um, and I've really seen that, you know, like now, like this magic starts to return and just the normal day to day things. I remember a Saturday a while back. Um, and I got up and for the first time in like forever, it felt just amazing just to be alive. And, oh, I love that. <laughs> um, you know, I just go for water. Though it just felt so, it, and it's really magical, you know, it returns. And yeah, I think for me, that's that's the big, that's the thing I didn't expect. I never expected that, but I just I thought that was just how you feel when you're older, but actually you don't. Phil, I'm on the edge of my seat listening to you, right? Because I'm so excited to have this conversation. <laughs> no, I am. Because it's really the joy in the ordinary. And I had a conversation with Alex like the other week and I was walking and I love autumn. So I'm walking through and all the leaves had fallen. And I said to like, Alex, I was like, I just, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. And like, if I see a big pile of leaves, I want to walk through it and I want to, pick them up and throw them everywhere. And then I said, and honestly, I saw this kid walking around and he had this really big dead good leaf and I wanted it. Right? I was like, I want that leaf. <laughs> you did actually phone me up to tell me this. Like, we had a conversation about this. Oh I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> and I know this sounds so ridiculous and I only think sober people would get it and even some of them might not, right? But you know when you're looking at things like leaves and nature and this so it's magical. That is what it is and it's like we get to look Don't at it. Right. Everything. It's clear. Everything. Oh, it is. Everything. It's like looking at everything for the very first time through sober eyes and you get that magic back. It's it's just it's so exciting. I feel like I'm on yeah. Twilight now and I've just woken up as Bella Swan, the vampire, when you're describing that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that's a step too far, isn't it? I've just got <laughs> Twilight now. <laughs> no, I, it's like that. It's like that. Fully is. Honestly, right. I think we well, we we have both loved from day one being part of your sober journey. And it's weird because when you came in the group, right, we can tell you this now, but we thought you were a different Phil because we'd already been talking to another Phil. Right? Do you remember? Yeah, and we yeah. were like, so we didn't know you'd had all these day ones. And when you came in and you were like, I've had so many day ones. And I remember responding to a post thinking I was speaking to the Phil that I'd been speaking to before, but obviously I hadn't. So you must have thought, oh, these are dead friendly. Look, they just talk to me like they know me. Oh. <laughs> 
honestly. So anyway, but we love being part of your sober journey and we continue to be part of that sober journey. And, and, and for us, I think you're one of the memorable ones. Like we've seen this huge transformation. Like you've said, everything has changed. What's your favourite thing about your sobriety? And then how can others get a bit of what you've got? Wow. Yeah, I mean, where'd you start really with that? I mean, the favourite thing, there's, there's so many. I mean, it is, it's like... Oh, you're trying to explain, <laughs> <laughs> like, trying to, explain to people about sobriety. Um, and it's like, there's so many things, isn't there? But you know, there's one thing that really stands out, um, other than obviously the, I'm saying the, with like the magic things are turning. The other big thing for me, probably the favourite thing overall is the freedom. Um, and like when you say freedom, I don't just mean being able to be to ground and, and sort of do whatever you want, which obviously you can get, but it's a freedom initially in my head, you know, and my life was controlled so much by that voice and by alcohol and having to do things. And, you know, it was every Friday night, you don't know, I'm a drinker, I'm a drink. And, you know, um, the freedom of that not being there and being able to do what I want, you know, without feeling like I'm being controlled by, by that, by itself is just so free and it's, it's amazing. And I remember, um, I remember the first times going out to a pub, um, um, and I obviously just, I've done all the work on the lease and stuff and you get halfway through a night and it's just I have, I have this thing you think it hasn't been there the voice I've not had it I haven't had the craving and it's gone and it's like wow this is just like it's amazing um, and, you, and those little things like that you feel that's when you really hit you like you feel free and you feel you've really escaped it and it's, it's incredible and, but for me as well like, I guess like I said to you that, um, on the last sort of thing we were talking about um, my whole life was just everything was around was around alcohol you know, and every Friday, Saturday for me, because I, I, I well, I like sort of mainly, I've sort of been drinking over the weekends and stuff, and not so much in the week. But like, it started to be Thursdays, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it was you know, I had to do stuff, I had to go out. I couldn't relax, be at home. It was it was either going out or staying in, and all things around drinking, and like some activities were all about drinking. Like, I joined Freemason, I think, did you? As much as I met some great people, but ultimately, the first thing that struck me was the, like all the free wine you got. When, when, you know, when they did it and you know and it's so many things I did um, just just evolved around it and like going to cinema like, like years ago I, I'd never go to cinema and one day I found that actually you could drink at the cinema so I was like wow it's amazing let's go to cinema you know and <laughs> so many times you go there and I'm that one walking out halfway through and everyone's glaring I was walking past you you know smacking through to the bar or to the toilet and then like the next day like you, could, you forgot what the film with the was but you know it's that <laughs> it's the freedom of how to do things like that. Um, I think as well, it's like, you know, you have the FOMO and the Jomo thing, the, the fear missing out and the joy missing out. It's that real joy missing out of me now. It's like, yeah. Um, and I've, yeah, and I've had this recently, like where I think it was the Friday, um, I'd have been in work and cooked some nice food and, and there wasn't that thing, I've got to go out, I've got to go and drink and all this. I just sat, I, I read a book and not just sound like a sort of boring, but it was just that not having that feeling controlled and being free what I do what I do, you know. I sat there and it was just nice Friday night just to chill out and do what I feel like doing and not be controlled sort of by a drug, yeah. if you know what I mean. I love um, that. I really do. It gives you so much time back and I love that you found the freedom in your head at a time when actually it's kind of been nicked. The least free time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like during the pandemic, they've nicked all that. So it's so lovely that you've been able to open a space in your own yeah. kind of mind for it. Yeah. Do you think during like this pandemic, out do you think it's helped massively being sober in this time? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly for like, even for like sort of mental health, um, yeah. I think being more in control of anxiety and stress, because it is at times stressful. Um, 
I think just being more controlled with emotions, that's one of the hard things as well. I think that's the, it's the best and the worst thing, I think, really, is, is the emotions, isn't it? Because you feel all the emotions, good or bad. And I've felt some, you know, I've had times where I've felt some, some really sort of strong emotions. It's learned how to deal with those again. And, um, but, you know, all the highs are so much higher as well. So it, it kind of makes up for it. But yeah, I think sort of, sort of relearning to sort of deal with emotions, I think that's, that's definitely helped me. Oh, brilliant. So how, how can people get a bit of what you've got then? What's your like, kind of tip for that, do you think? If you can think um, of one. Do you know my big thing? is just don't give up. Don't give up because so many times, you know, I've had day ones and you feel like you, you can't, you're not going to get there, but if you keep going and put the work in and connect, you know, connect, come on the call, come on the Zoom calls. Stay. I always say to people, just don't, because I was the worst for it. You know, I'd relapse and go and drink. I'd, I'd disappear for days, and it was more difficult in this group because now you'd be, you'd be on the case. But it was like, where are you, Phil? <laughs> we just couldn't get away. But you know, I've been in some great groups that I met some other people. But like, it was sort of different. You know, I just disappear for days, and then you come back in on day one, kind of thing. But you know, if you drink, you drink, and it's part of the journey. And it's, I know it's hard. I know how hard it is to come in and say it, but just get back on it, be accountable, and keep going. Because if you keep going, you will get there. Because you know, I think I've proof of it five years. Just keep trying and trying and trying. And I think it's you all that work there. in the background. You will, you will get there. We've, we've, um, we're going to put your links for your coaching profile on because, you know, you're a coach as well. And it'd be amazing if people who are struggling with repeated day ones, you can really relate to that. So we'll pop your coaching yeah. profile on as well. But before we finish, we have our final question, which you know about. Um, <laughs> the be sober motto, obviously be brave, be kind, be sober. You know that as an ambassador and coach anyway. Yeah. Which do you most relate to right now and then why? You know what? I straight away thought about this. I just thought I'll go with what comes to mind. And for me, it's be brave because, um, you know, for me, like, alcohol stalls some confidence as well. And um, a lot of people say, you know, drink to be confident. And actually, it doesn't, it doesn't help your confidence. And certainly for me, it just stole my confidence. And I, I remember it was quite a few months ago. Um, he first mentioned about when you come on the podcast, and I was like, yeah, that'd be good. And like, back of mind, I was terrified. I was thinking, I, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could go on that. Um, but since I started thinking, like my confidence has just come back so much, and like being here now and doing this for me, it's like it's definitely being brave because it's something that six months ago I, I, I just think that I just couldn't have done it. You know, it's going to help so many people as well, Phil, because hearing you on here, yeah, you've just given some fantastic advice and you you know, you hear you speak. I know this anyway. Lisa knows this anyway. But you're so excited about your sobriety, like you really do. We, I, I can feel yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. And you know, I said something the other day about it. Um, you know, yeah, I don't drink, and I'm like, I said, I'm really proud of it. You know, because I think what I was just changed my life. You know, I've worked hard for it as well. You know, and it's like I'm really proud of of what I've done, what I've achieved, and I love help. And like you say, if, if if I can help other people, then that's amazing because you know, there's nothing better than seeing someone else is struggling and being able to give them a bit of advice and get them there. Because ultimately, like you've been there yourself, and, and you just want to play with you, don't you? Know because you know how good it is. And, yeah. I know. I know back then when I was drinking, and you just I wish then I could have seen what it was like. But you, it's hard to, yeah, you know. It's, Say that, don't we? If you could just yeah. give give somebody your kind of feelings and emotions oh. for a day, they wouldn't drink. Yeah. They wouldn't, wouldn't drink. Like, there's no way. 
even getting up in the morning, like when we were saying about it, it just makes such a difference to every single part of your day. So even if you could just give somebody 10 minutes of what you feel like when you get up in the morning. Yeah, and not on a hangover day, just a normal day. Normal day, like a Wednesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on a Wednesday, because... For me, I used to drink at the weekend. By Wednesday, yeah. I was so tired. I was still groggy. And you know, when you were saying before about um, giving it, giving back your freedom and getting through every day and the joy in the ordinary, when I look and I feel for people, I genuinely think when they are battling through every single day and they're like, oh, I don't like my job and I'm tired and miserable and the weather's thing. I've never felt like that, me, since I've got sober, ever. I've just always, not all, obviously I have bad days, but I've never felt like I don't want to do the stuff I've got to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. No, it's amazing. But thank you so much for what keep you. You have been seriously, seriously very brave. Um, Alex, you can't do that to me. No, no, I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it to Phil. It's all right. I'm miming stay there. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> You can, I get distracted too easily for you to mind things. <laughs> I do know this as well. I'm so sorry, Lisa, because you were saying something dead good, but I can't even remind you what it was now. Well, I'm just you like, can oh. forget it now. Phil, you stay there. See you later. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Big thanks to Wise Bartender for sponsoring this episode. If you're experimenting with different alcohol-free drinks and don't want to buy a whole case, Wise Bartender honestly has the largest selection of single bottles ever. So you can have lots of fun trying loads of different drinks or even buy one of their special gift packs. Don't forget to use your 5% discount code BSOBER5 at wisebartender.co.uk. And if you want to find out more about the work we do, or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, www.besoberofficial.com. Until next time, be brave, be kind, and be sober.